right, welcome back to The Mick Show. I'm Mick, obviously, and I'm very excited for one of our very special guests here on season two, Nephi Walker. Hi. Hi. How are oh, you? Yeah. I'm perfect. So let's talk about all your awesome shit. You are such an amazing person when it comes to design and creativity and family and business. What I enjoy ex- explaining to people on this podcast is like, we all have like this work-life balance. We all have like this multi-hyphenate kind of life where we try to do a bunch of different things, whether that's parenting and entrepreneurship, whether that's people that have two or three different creative hustles going at the same time. I don't think anybody lives in a polarity of just one thing, no matter Mm -hmm. what your bio says, no matter what your Wikipedia says, what the media says. And so I think you're an amazing exemplification of of that. (laughs) What's the main thing that you think has given you the boost for the level that you're on right now? It depends on what you mean by level, right? Because I still feel like I'm beginning, although I've been in the game for like 10 years. Level, as far as parenting is concerned, I feel like a straight up OG because I've been in that game for like 27 years, you know? So, and I think that all of it intertwines. My creativity comes from, you know, being a parent and like understanding how to like balance that. And then also like knowing that I'm still a woman so I need to have time from my children or else I'll probably kill one of them. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I need time to like just go travel and, you know, be a fiance. There are certain parts of me that I compartmentalize and I just dip into all of them when I need to. But I don't understand work-life balance. It's all intertwined. Yeah. I think that's almost like a... um a fable, right? Mm -hmm. Work-life balance. I think it's more like just if you're, if you have, you're blessed enough to have a good life and you're blessed enough to have work, like, you know, let's, let's just call that what it is right there. Like we're already ahead of 99% of the world. Right. Right. Uh, What was your first experience with good design? Uh, My first experience with good design. It could be any, the thing that just, you were like, that shit makes me feel different even because I'm seeing it. It came early, right? My, I grew up in Harlem um, during the crack era in the 80s. And my father uh, had... This, it, thank you. And then my father had this great idea, uh, you know, to buy brownstone. And the brownstone was really a rooming house for you know, crackheads. He bought it, we moved in, and just peeling all of the facade just summer after summer after summer and seeing what was embedded behind all of like the yuck was the first time I saw like the beauty in like a wreckage. That came young. Needless to say, I was always on punishment. So every summer I was always like doing something, you know, as far as like uh, shellacking something or just like in the yard, like building something. But that was the first time that I ever said, okay, this is something that it turns me on. It makes me feel alive. I didn't know that that was going to be a career path at that time. But right. looking back now, when I really had some time to think about it, I was just like, oh, okay. I see how this trajectory really like landed. That's cool. Did you have like a grandma or like an aunt or somebody that when you would go to their house, they had like just like some fly shit and you'd be like, 
That's cool. I feel like we all have like a rich auntie that had no children and like a real cute dog that she called her Boo Boo, right? And 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 no, build- not Boo Boo. And Boo Boo, Boo Boo, Boo Boo. But building um, the Black Home, which is a store that we're opening up currently, yeah, that's the feeling that it's supposed to invoke. You walking inside of your rich auntie's house and just having all of the things that you weren't allowed to touch back in those days, but now you can actually purchase it. So yeah. I love that. My mom didn't really grasp design. I grew up in the middle of Ohio. It was just like a straight up like middle of America, Ohio house in the 80s and 90s. But my grandparents, like they lived next door to us and they they lived on a different tier of us economically, culturally, socially. Mm-hmm. And so I'd walk in our house with like Kmart towels and like a sofa with a dog threw up on it. And I'd go to my grandma's and be like, yeah, you can't sit on that. You can't sit on that. You can't, you can't, you now, can't wait, touch that. Does she have plastic on everything? Or no, 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 she didn't have plastic on it, but there was this, there was a room I wasn't allowed in. I Mm -hmm. remember that. But that's fine because you had that duality. The duality, I think, informed my entire life and my past. So much about everything that have happened in life that I've gained was from that duality. So, So I wonder like how that applies to even, even design in that when you're designing and you're creating and you're presenting and you're doing all of these things, like, are you mixing high and low can you walk into like an abc home and then walk into like target and and put all of those things in the same room and make it all work i do but i wouldn't walk into abc home because i feel like it's too expensive that's just me so the funny thing is although i've designed for a lot of celebrities i really love designing just for like non-celebrities like regular people because i feel like spending ten thousand dollars on a couch is idiotic you know, like we have children, we want to go on trips, you know, like the, we have tuition, we have food, like there are other yeah. things to spend yeah, yeah. money on. And part of the reason why I got into design is because I, my person at the time gifted me a $15,000 couch and I was irate. Like, what is this? It, it just costs too much. And then I tried to figure out, okay, why does this cost too much? Oh, it just costs too much because of the name. It's not that it was created in such a way that it dictates that amount. Okay, so what does it look like to deliver good um, pieces at an affordable price to my people? And that's where the whole idea came about. It has to be, it. it has to be high low, but I don't want it to be too too high. I don't want it to be too too low because fashion and style doesn't equate to like how much money you have. You know right. what I mean? I mean, I know a lot of people who have money that's dream worthy money for me, and 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 they they look crazy when they right. walk out the house. They and I'm no not talking style. some good, not good crazy, <laughs> right, like, right. like not not, no not eccentric, mm-hmm. like just 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 crazy. Right. Yeah. Do you find, as somebody who's just really mastered design, that it great design creates a a, a piece? For you, how would you correlate peace and good design? How do those things work together for you? I mean, they work hand in hand. With every client that I have, the purpose is for you to have a space that you can go into and it's just be a sanctuary. It has to be functional, but it has to be something that makes you feel like you can escape from your day and then you're in your peace. If not, then what's the point? Like, it just makes no sense. This is the reason why... I do what I do. It just goes hand in hand, period. Whether it's a scent, it's an incense, or it's a favorite color on a wall, or it's some art that makes you feel alive. To have all that in your space is just 
it's exactly why design exists. That's cool. Would you classify yourself more minimalist by nature? Nah, I'm super extra. Super extra? I told you I'm from Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, you know, like like you standing next to, like, Dapper Dan, Cameron, like, you know, yeah. Big L. That, oh, 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 Lamont. That was my that was one of my best friends. But really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah wow. Lamont. Uh, and Dap lived three doors away from me growing up. Okay. Dougie Fresh lived up the block. Wow. So, yeah. So you, got all, you got all the stories. But remember, I was always on punishment, so I was always on my stoop. So I saw everything happening because it was, you know, on my block. But, yeah, just really, really Harlem. Exactly what you said. I can sit with them comfortably, you know. It's, it's, it's just it. what it is. It's in the DNA. Let me ask you an aside question, just because I was, I mean, this is not on my list of questions, but I never get to ask this ever, because you may be one of the only people I've ever met that actually not just knew Big L, but was, was like friends with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if his life didn't tragically end when it when it did, how big do you think he could have been? Because he was just on such the cusp of Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas level to me. Yeah. Uh, even, uh, do you think he could have transcended to that? I, I think so. I, I feel like... For me, because we went to school together and I knew him from a personal space. Um, rapping at the time, it was just like, oh, you know, he's a rapper. It, this is pretty cool. It wasn't until he actually died that I paid attention to how revered he was, like, everywhere. Oh, wow. You know, where I was just like, oh, okay, I see exactly what's happening. I also went to school with Biggs. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, and, you know, like, like coming from that space and being like the little sister to everybody and just watching them. But I totally feel like Lamont, well, Big L would have just been colossal because he had lyrics all day. Yeah. For no reason. And it was so easy for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. His life was cut too short. When you're creating and designing and your brain is just exploding with the things you want to give to your clients. What are you listening to? Are you listening to music while, while your brain is in that space and you're, you're conceptualizing? I'm always listening to music. Every second of the day, downstairs, right before I came up here, um, we were listening to uh, Stevie Wonder on a record player. It depends on my mood. Like I'll listen to trap really quickly. Gospel, if I feel like I did something wrong that day, just to like cleanse my spirit. And I love a lot of R&B. I listen to a lot of music that people really do not think that I would know, only because of my kids. So I know like, I know all the rap songs, I know all the trap, like I know all the dances. I do it, you know, in my lonesome, but yeah, I'm here for all of it. That's hilarious. You have a favorite uh, 90s hip hop album? I would say anything Jodeci. Ooh. A- yeah, yeah. Anything Jodeci. Love that. Yeah. yeah when, they did the, when they did the remix uh, with, with Wu-Tang, I was like, uh, oh. what was that, the Freaking You remix? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was I, I loved it. Right. So, okay. Harlem, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Now you're opening an amazing, amazing store in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Shout Newark. out to Jersey. In Newark. Yeah. I just feel like what you do inspires a lot of people, right? Whether it's inspiring them to live their lives better because they have beautiful, good design things are inspiring people to like see that they could literally create these brands and these stores and do it. And they don't have to go 
do it for somebody else that could do it for themselves. Like mm-hmm. how much inspiration goes in your thought process of like, how are you doing this? So that was the point. Um, I did research for three years. Before I thought about Newark, I wanted to do this in Baltimore because I felt like Baltimore was a black, rich, enriched city. It was untapped. And I felt like my services would be welcomed there with the transition of gentrification, right? Um, Due to co-parenting, I could not go to Baltimore. Uh, Freddie Gray was um, an issue at the time. So then I had a conversation with the powers that be here in Newark and explained to them exactly what I was trying to do. I could have did this easily in Harlem. This would have been a multi-million dollar business in Soho. But I felt like Newark does not have anything. There's no place here where you can sit down and drink a latte and use your laptop. It's that barren. It's a food desert as well. And it's not like there aren't properties here where people could really come in and like embed themselves. But it's just that Newark has a bad rap PR wise that it's not even an option. Right. So this store is 2000 square feet and it's just straight up 2000 square feet of goodness. There's a cafe inside of it. You know, I mean, you can buy sofas to candles to whatever it is that you want. And I wanted it to be like a destination because New Yorkers are like, oh, Newark. okay, I'll make the pilgrimage over. No, girl, it's only 15 minutes away. Relax. I need them to get into the mix that there are other things cool and popping outside of New York. And I just feel like if I don't integrate myself and root into a space pre-gentrification, then it's my fault if I'm not a part of that, if the culture gets lost in during that time. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I was able to have my store. I got my homegirl to get the store right next to me. I have another girlfriend who now has its store around the corner. And I feel like by the time my five-year lease is up, I'll have the whole hood, you know. It'll be like a bedside. How bedside just continues to grow, how Harlem has changed. I don't know if I am um, happy with it. Uh, So I kind of want to make a little difference. I like that. And to do it in the middle of a a pandemic with everything going the way it is and probably, you know, I would assume it's significantly harder to open a a brick and mortar retail establishment when people aren't supposed to do anything. Yeah. I mean, the gag was I signed my lease February before. Oh, wow. Right. Before COVID was COVID. And then, you know, when COVID came, like, oh, okay, you know, this will be a good three months. Yeah, everything will be fine. Nope. It took about a year for them to, you know, relinquish the store over to me. So it's definitely been not the easiest all the way across the board, you know, with City Hall being closed and, you know, all of that. But we're here now. If you could, if you, if somebody came up to you right now and they were just like, Nephi, I just, I, I just can't believe you were able to follow your dreams and and, and create this. And and like, what are the three things you would tell like a twenty-two year old version of you that's in twenty twenty-one right now? Is that what year it is? I don't even know what year yeah, it is anymore. Thank yeah. God, it's twenty. I would definitely say, fuck what anybody else has to say about what you want to do with your life. That's first and foremost. Don't listen to it at all. Definitely don't take no for an answer. There is no no. I really go by. There is no, no, there's always a way. 
If someone yeah. gives me a no, okay, great. So who am I going to find that's going to give me this yes? Because I'm determined to get exactly what I want, you know, within reason, you know. I, I strongly believe in that. Yeah. Too. I do, I refuse to take no. Yeah. I mean, now my kid, my kid better take no. When I say no, like no, like daddy says no, but like, but like daddy doesn't take no. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't do that enough. Right, right. And I've taught my kids to be the same way. So, you know, I see them going through hurdles without, you know, really feeling uh, the disappointment because at the end of the, the road, they feel like, okay, you know, well, I might have this little bump now, but I'm going to get what I want at the end of the day. Making sure that you're empathetic and paying attention to people's feelings while you're moving through life is really important because karma is really real and you want to be as nice as possible, you know, as giving as possible because the more giving you are, the more the universe gives back to you. Those are models that I live by. And I feel like that's the reason why I'm able to move through, you know, so energetically, period. I love that. Who are some creatives in other industries that inspire you? I have to give it up to my friend Biggs again. Um, I think that he operates, you know, in the same vein where he comes up with an idea. He puts all of his heart and soul into that idea and it just works. It just always just works. So I think that he's amazing. Although Kanye is on a whole nother planet sometimes, I do feel like his creative ethos makes him kind of brilliant. He's really given us a body of work that cannot be denied. So I think across all kinds of different spectrums. So I think that that is just like fucking awesome. Who else would I say I love so much? Jenna Lyons. Do you know who that is? Yeah, of course. I stand Jenna Lyons. I just love her. She's just. You know, I'm gonna tell you before you even tell me this. So I I live in Clinton Hill now. I live on St. James, where uh, like like ten houses down from where Biggie grew up. But I used to live in Park Slope, and so she used to live in Park Slope, um, somewhere between Sixth and Seventh on uh, I forget the name of her street, but she doesn't live there anymore. This was like a decade ago. But her house used to get covered from a decor perspective in every magazine, every blog. This is when blogs were hot, mm-hmm. and it was the most beautiful brownstone I had like ever seen. I had just moved to New York, and my apartment looked nothing like that. <laughs> And I was just like, what the fuck? There was two homes that inspired me to want to one day live in a brownstone and really have dope shit in my home. And it was it was her home. Mm. And it was also, in, in the, I know he moved to, to Cali years later, but like Mike D from the Beastie Boys and his wife used to live in maybe like Cobble Hill. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they had a sick brownstone. There's like, a, and there's like a New York Times article on it from like a decade ago. Both of those homes, I would remember just looking at those things and being so inspired creatively because I was like, wait, people's homes can make you feel like that. Right. I mean, we talked about like my grandma had like nice things, but, like the, that, but it didn't it didn't feel like mm-hmm. that. When I saw both of those homes, I was just like, I think if I ever had a work from home and parent and just like the, the feeling you would get in, in a home that was that was thought out and, and open and beautiful like that. I was like, I, I literally was like, I could do anything if I lived in a place like that. Right. Like I felt like the world opened up to me completely if I had that sort of environment. Very, very well appointed. You know, I was watching her show the other day and it was so interesting to me because when she talked about herself, she talked about herself in a way where she wasn't sure about certain things. And I'm like, but you're Jenna fucking Lyons. Like what? You are incredible. She, her, her brain is just masterful. I, I love Jenna Lyons. She's she's amazing. 
those are great choices. I like that. I don't, I, I mean, yeah, to go from bigs to gentle lines and in 30 seconds or less is with that. I love the range and I love, <laughs> I, 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 I love that. That's cool. Um, is there anything else you'd love to, to tell this fascinating audience we have about your, your, your just your beautiful career and store and, and, and family? Obviously, we're going to link to all your socials and your websites and all of that stuff so people can get to you. But, and what you're doing, especially right now with, the whole world being so crazy and you're bringing just kindness and, and, and beauty and, and, and just like integrity back to all this shit. It's it it so super cool. I appreciate so we're that. So grateful to have you here. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, again, I feel like, at, well, millennials and, you know, just us at our age, we spend a lot of our, our advanced age. <laughs> you know, we've spent a lot of money on, you know, sneakers and hair and clothing which is cool, but I feel like, you know, we're at a space now where people are really taking a stock in, you know, real estate and then trying to figure out exactly, you know, what it feels like a big boy, a big girl purchase, you know what I mean? And like, what do you do with that? Like exactly how does that manifest, you know? So I don't know. I I really honestly love what I do and I'm really excited about the Black Home store because it, it makes me feel like, little pieces of me are leaving and going to go live in other people's spaces. You get to be everyone's auntie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm big auntie. So like, I, I take that. I, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm auntie with the good advice. I like it. What's the best glasses collection? The people can't see the glasses that I'm seeing, but like, you know, <laughs> see, see, see it on the ground. The glasses, <laughs> yeah. glasses collection is official. Thank you. So, Cool. Nephi, thank you so much for finding time today. I know you got a lot going on with the store. We thank you so much. And um, we will make sure everybody checks out your store. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys back here uh, next week for another episode of The Mix Show. Bye. That was it for another episode of The Mix Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please rate and subscribe to The Mix Show wherever you like to listen and make sure to follow on Instagram at Mick and on Twitter at I am Mick. Let me know who you want to hear on a future episode and we will see you back here next week. The Mix Show is presented in partnership with Maxim. The show is produced by Lantigua, Williams & Co. Cedric Wilson is our producer and mixed this episode. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor.